Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the founder and wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and we're located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive. We're in that great big, beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is directly across from Winkies. We also are able to service clients in Bonita Springs, Florida. If you'd like to know more about us, you can go to ellenbecker.com. I have a very special guest today. Of course, you know, I always say not that you aren't, Laura, but all my guests are special. But I always love to interview people who truly interface with us. And my guest today, Laura Petrowski, is a strategic business planning, and she does planning and works with us and works with Julie with Ellen Becker Investment Group. And she is the president of Cavendish Consulting and Vernal LCC, and they focus on strategic planning, business planning. And I know that when I started out, Laura, welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. When I started my company 25 years ago, um, literally I started it by the seat of my pants mm-hmm. <laughs> with a hang shake from Bill Baseman and Park Bank to give me an opportunity to do something very unique and something that I was very passionate about. And boy, I'll tell you, all of a sudden I turned around, it was 25 years. And you look back and you go, how did I get here? And you know, the world has changed and you work so hard. You sometimes don't really think about working on your business as well as working in your business. And so one of the things that you have come to Ellen Becker Investment Group as a consultant is to really help us to learn how to work on our business. And I think it's really interesting when you talk about um, leadership development and you always talk about emotional intelligence and you think of it as a critical element um, of all of our work. it's a hard thing to understand um, when, it when is. you say it. So maybe you can spend just a little bit of time helping our audience understand what emotional intelligence is when you're thinking about it in terms of business. Yeah. Well, let me start first, Karen, and ask you a question. Turn it to you because one of the <laughs> things we focus on, as you know, your business isn't uh just you. It's a number of leaders within your organization. It's bigger than you and it's bigger than Julie. And so to develop those leaders, you look for certain characteristics. So if I can turn it to you and ask you a question, if you think about two individuals who have significantly influenced your life, could be leaders, family members, friends, what qualities made them especially good and influential for you? They saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. They encouraged me. I think of it just when I was getting into the business. Can I say his name? Peter Banzaf. He is no longer here with us, but he just 
saw in me the ability to become a stockbroker and to really excel at the industry. And he kept encouraging me and encouraging me and encouraging me. And then I think of um, Bill Gauss, who was at the MI Bank, and he also kept telling me, You do things differently, stick with it. And so there were two people who saw things in me and took the time to encourage me. And I always think of my father, who right before his death, I was saying something to him and he said, don't ever apologize for doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and that whole idea of integrity and values um, was always so important. And we've done that. We've asked that question hundreds of times to different groups and different clients. And we really hear that same resounding, uh, those answers, which are those skills that help build re relationships and connections. Those people that have supported us, that show trust and can communicate, are kind and thoughtful, accountable, honest, and show integrity, reliable, respectful, generous, caring. Really what we hear is those things that are the foundation for for relationships. So what emotional intelligence is, emotional intelligence is recognizing the emotion in us and being able to manage our behaviors. Then it's also being able to see others and what they're dealing with and building that relationship with other people. So those individuals that influenced you made a huge connection, believed in you, saw something in you, encouraged you. They demonstrated their emotional intelligence to you. Wouldn't you say then for a business owner that one of the key ingredients is to stop and pause? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. In it order is, to do that. It is. And, and one of the tools that I use often with business owners or simply individuals is the pause you know, pausing and thinking about sometimes why are you speaking instead of reflecting, sometimes pausing and thinking about the next best step and the, and the behavior that would serve you the best. So my perfect um, example of emotional intelligence at work was several years ago with my son, Mike. He was a new driver and he had gotten his license. And I was especially excited because it gives a mom a new freedom. So he had this new freedom and I had this new freedom. And when we left the DMV, we had huge smiles on our faces, right? We had the, we took the selfie together and we were congratulating each other. Um, Mike is a really low key kid. So he's calm. He's practical. People would say he's an analytical style. He's level headed, really confident. And, um, I always ask, can I use you in my example when I explain emotional intelligence to me? He always tells me, uh, yeah, it happened. So of course you can say it. Um, he doesn't get embarrassed about it. But five days after he got his license, I got this call from him. And the call was um, him sputtering words into the phone. He, mom, hit, accident. And he couldn't even get out a full sentence, right? And like every good mom, I uh, tracked my 16-year-old. So I knew exactly where he was. <laughs> and, I, and I found his location and I, and I went to him. And I uh, sat with him. And even, you know, 15 minutes later, when I arrived to him, his voice was shaking. He was 
visibly upset about the accident. And we expressed gratitude that he wasn't hurt. And then we sat there for a while and we talked about his emotions and we talked about what it felt like to be in an accident and not be able to speak afterwards. And I asked him about that, of course, after he was safe and we went through all the police stuff. And we talked about the fact that he was flustered and he was panicked and he was worried about what my husband and I would say about him getting in an accident five days after he got his license. And what I explained to him as we went through all of that is that he was hijacked by his brain and his um, emotion around getting in this accident. And I explained to him that even more important than him understanding that was how to harness that in the future, how to work through that. Then I went further with him and I said to him, you know, I talked through this all with you sitting in this car and that really wasn't for you at all. That was actually for me. I explained, I saw that emotion in you. And more importantly, I felt the emotion in myself. I was worried, um, disturbed, right? Concerned. And by me talking through it and asking him questions, it helped myself get under control. That example is something I think a lot of people can relate to. And yet it, it, emotions go across so many examples, right? Someone says something to you at work and you get triggered or you have a stressful situation and you feel yourself snapping at someone you wouldn't normally do. You also, you're at a game, a, you know, some sort of sporting event and you positively jump up for joy or scream. You wouldn't normally do that. Emotional situations occur and they drive our behaviors and our actions. And I think it's really important simply to recognize it. You know, Laura, I have to tell you, I have a driving story. So I also took my test and I got home. And as you said, the new freedom, we get to go places. And I remember that night I said, mom, I want to take the car and go see a friend. And she looked at me and she scowled and she said, you can't drive the car. You have no experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so visibly upset, but she really got angry with, I mean, she got afraid. And I, now as you're talking, I can even understand that emotion that happened a long time ago. And at, we didn't talk through it. And I know I was distressed and I said, well, how do I get experience if I don't drive? And um, so I think very often when we're in business, we don't pause enough to realize how important each and every one of those conversations are. And we kind of slide by them. And I'm sure my mother didn't really think about it, but she was afraid. What if I got in an accident? What if something happened? Exactly. And, you know, to recognize the fact that it, it's brain science, emotion is not a bad thing. It is a biological thing, right? So when we're logically thinking and problem solving, we're using our neocortex. And when we have a story, something happened to us, our emotional memory and our learning stories are stored in our amygdala. And so that part of our brain is its job is to keep us safe, right? Fight, flight. Yes. It's there for that. And so it hijacks our ability to really process data and it restricts our rational thinking. So the more that we can recognize that and work through it, the 
quicker we can get to rational thinking. So one of the techniques I used as I was talking to Mike is asking questions. Again, that wasn't simply for him to help him go to the problem solving area of his brain. It was also for me to get me to that logical thinking part of my brain. So I think it's really important. And you're absolutely right. As you work on your business, if you can recognize the triggers that you have around stress triggers, triggers around what communication is happening and how things are being presented, triggers around financial metrics, those things matter. I also think that, well, and maybe we'll take a break right now and come back and talk about it, but these are really important things for people, I think, always to know, but with this post-pandemic and employees feeling so frightened and not certain of their jobs, not certain of how things are going to unfold with all business changing. I think it's even more important to really take that time to be strategic, strategic, to really have critical thinking and to have an emotional intelligence about the things that you do. So what we'll do is we will take a quick break. My guest today is Laura Petrosky. And did I say that right? Petrowski. Petrowski. Okay. And she is the president of Cavendish Consulting. She has also helped Julie and I with Ellen Becker Investment Group so that we really can be more observant. We can take the time to think through our feelings and to really honor our employees with that. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And I'm really proud to say that I've been able to host Money Sense um, for nearly 35 years. And one of the things that's so important to me is to really um, bring topics that I think are really important for everybody and to be able to really cover in depth those different types of topics. And so we really do look at education as being extremely important. And my guest today is Laura Piotrowski, and she is the president of Cavendish Consulting and Bruno LCC. She also is a consultant that works with Julie and I, because one of the things that we really feel is that education is so important for employees but it's also very important for us as well. And so Laura has really been helping us to, um, to understand better how we can be better at what we do with our company. So Laura, before we took the break, I did mention that with the post-pandemic, there has been so many um, things that have changed in business. And I'm wondering how this affects businesses. And I'm also curious as to how you came up with this whole idea and um, and became so interested in emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think um, I think emotional intelligence and what I love about emotional intelligence is that it's about approaching people in ways that trigger them less and engage them more. And so because 75% of our business goals when we're running a business require people to execute on them, that requires engagement. And so how do you connect with your employees in a way, especially post-pandemic with all the stress everyone's been in, uncertainty, in order to really help you achieve what you're trying to achieve for each other, for the business, for your clients? And that's really how the idea came about. 
about 15 years ago, I was, um, I was recognizing on the way to work one day that my daughter had had a tantrum, which we call a freak out. And she was <laughs> triggered by something I said. And then I got to work and I was in a meeting with my boss and someone said something to him and he was triggered. And that really started me thinking on how I might approach them both in ways to engage them more. And so I started to study emotional intelligence. It's not a topic that I think I'm a CPA by technical <laughs> training. So it's not something that you'd normally study in school, but I started researching it and I had feelings about both interactions. And yet what emotional intelligence gave me was the ability to control myself. I can't control how others behave. I can't control how my daughter behaves, even though sometimes, you know, you want to, or my boss. However, I can influence them and I can control myself and continue to learn. And there's no topic that's more challenging, even though people might say finance or they might say, you know, I don't know, quantum physics. I think people are pretty challenging and the ability to get people to connect and work towards a common goal. And so having the attitude of a growth mindset to really continue to learn about how to connect, change my approach and my behaviors, it became a superpower that I look to, to really help my businesses and other businesses accomplish what they hope to accomplish. So that's how it got started. I think when, you know, we've heard it said that when you change yourself, you change things around you. That's exactly. But the other thing that I think about is often change is like um, that closet that you have in your house. And every time you go by it, you think I've really got to get at that. <laughs> I've got to do it. And, you know, so it gets a lot messy sometimes before it gets more organized. But once you can take everything out, you can determine what you need, what you don't need, you can get rid of some things. And it feels so good once that closet is all organized and you know what's in there. But it can awfully, often be messy. Change can be messy. It can. And in one of the things that I've noticed as I've studied this and worked with businesses on it is it is very I'm great, very grateful that I have the opportunity to make the change myself and work continually on myself to have a better outcome for others around me through influence. And so as my daughter has a tantrum, it's my response to that, that matters. And rather than reacting, which is an emotional um, an emotional event if I react to her rather than responding and, and really consider and thoughtfully work through what my next step would be, which again comes back to the pause, right, Karen? So yes. considering what's next. So as I hired people throughout my career, I started to look for people skills. And you mentioned at the beginning, it's hard to get your mind around the concept we know when we see it, when we can easily connect with someone, we know they're doing something to make us comfortable. And we can't always name it, right? And so I started to look for that in other people as I was studying this. And the best team members I found had these people skills, trust, integrity, accountability, emotional intelligence. 
items. With that said, I want to make sure that everyone understands that technical skills are threshold competencies. I don't want to go to a doctor that doesn't know medicine, right? I don't yes. want to go to a wealth advisor that doesn't know the markets and how to diversify. That is a, that is a baseline. We need that. With that said, I want to work with someone that can connect with me, can connect with others and explain and make me feel comfortable. So that's why we feel better when we go to a doctor that knows their thing, whatever their area is, and she knows how to connect with us. She knows how to make it um, more comfortable for us to com communicate our concerns. The same with the wealth advisor. I'm sure you find that a lot. That Yes. And, and I think, Laura, one of the other things is being able to say something in a way that someone else can hear it. That's exactly, you have described empathy, right? Mm -hmm. You are the ability to recognize in others that emotion. So I'm sure you probably see it a lot about money. You know, yeah. people have emotion around money. It's good. It's, you know, they're fearful of not having enough. They're excited, whatever those emotions are, acknowledging, understanding where they are, and then being able to communicate with them to let them know they aren't alone. That I think, um, I think a mistake that often can happen, and I'm certain happened with me as I was much younger and getting into the business, was that you just assume that everybody is the same and everybody is going to respond in the same way. And it's just like your children. You've got children and they're all a little bit different. But I love your example with Mike because it really frames and sets a tone that says not only can we mentor our employees, but we can mentor our children. And what a beautiful gift to be able to help. First of all, I think since you didn't get angry and worry about the car and you worried about him first, you were giving him the message that he's important. And you were giving him the message that it's okay to make a mistake or it's okay to talk it through. Um, the message that you were giving him, I think was just a beautiful message of safety. And I do believe that all of us wanna feel safe, whether it's at home, whether it's at work. And what gives us safety is the ability to communicate. Exactly. And I'm grateful for this opportunity. I think growing up, one of the things that I heard is emotion is can sometimes be perceived as a weakness and it isn't. We all have emotion. And so if we can normalize our discussions around it so that we can connect with others. And that's really what I attempt to do in the business setting talking about our businesses and our leaders, we all are experiencing different stresses, different emotions, how we navigate that and really focus on engaging our logical brain around those challenges. My guest today is Laura Petrowski, and she is the president of Cavendish Consulting and Vernal LCC. And as I've mentioned, she has worked with Julie and I, and it has been such a blessing to, you know, you think that you can do everything yourself. And it's like when you get up every day and you look in the mirror, you, you see yourself. And um, business can be a little bit like that too. And so being able to bring in somebody who you connect with, and who you feel comfortable and safe with because there has to be a, a huge amount of transparency in working with Laura or someone like Laura 
and um, it, but it gives you it, it gives you the ability to see things through a different eye. It gives you an opportunity to look at yourself and to be able to weigh some different things. Otherwise, you kind of see the same thing all the time. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And as I said earlier, the host of this show for almost 35 years. And we've had so many topics. And you often might think, why are we talking about emotional intelligence on Money Sense? But in truth, the, when you talk to people and in businesses, the number one difficulty is getting and keeping really good employees and making sure that they grow and making sure that they are interested in collaborating within a company. And so I think this whole idea of emotional intelligence is, is really important, not only in our business lives, but in our daily lives. I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, life is about building relationships and making connections and uh, some of those meaningful connections are made obviously in our personal lives. So that's important. Um, I think it's also important to recognize that emotional intelligence and the concept of being aware of what's going through us, we judge ourselves by our intention and we judge others by the impact they have. And I find that again, to be most observed by me in my personal life. So if Mike makes me dinner tonight and his intention was to do so to make my life easier, right? But he makes a huge mess and I end up having more work to do than if he hadn't made me dinner. The impact that he made uh, wasn't what he intended. And I think in personal life, I see that a lot. Aligning and recognizing what others' intentions are. One of the other things about the brain sciences, we as humans tend to view things negatively. We default negatively. Again, it's a protective element. And so we assume that people might have negative intention instead of assuming positive intention. So those family conversations we have sometimes at Thanksgiving or at family parties, mm -hmm. instead of stepping back and pausing and asking questions, which we're going to talk about as one of the great tools you, um, you use often and then deep listening really helps, right? We might, if we don't do those things, we might assume they have a negative intent for us and we might talk about them instead of to them. And I find that even more in personal <laughs> life, right? How much courage does it take to have a really vulnerable conversation with someone in our personal lives, whether it's, you know, a significant other or whether it's a family member, a friend, and that's where I find bringing in these skills really does help. It helps me practice um, to make me more successful. Um, and it feels good because I invest time in myself and in my relationships, which brings a reward, right? All of those connections we have. So it's, it's interesting because I think so often 
people may go home from work feeling frustrated that that a conversation wasn't dealt with or they maybe misspoke or something and maybe even as far as a business owner you know gets in the kind of oh i wish i'd have handled that differently yeah. and and this is a way and everybody's not going to be perfect but just becoming aware of it is so important and it's really empowering to feel that you are communicating in a way that people can hear you but also in a way that they by their own choice they make a decision to alter or to change a behavior or a way of communicating i mean that is really fun and it's very exciting exactly karen and i love how you recognize that the first step is your own feeling and how powerful that is to know it starts with you right so thinking about you know oh i missed that today i could have had that conversation at work recognizing that you're disappointed in yourself and asking yourself the question, what would the first step be? Could I have the courage? Could I, you know, be vulnerable and ask a question tomorrow in order to start that conversation? I think when we think about this concept in work, we can develop a common language and common skills with one another to be better. When we see leaders, and again, I'll go back to the doctor or the accountant or the wealth advisor, we want them to be technically competent and we want them to be able to connect with us, right? And so we see that the most successful business leaders are good at building relationships, are good at connecting. And it makes sense because businesses require relationships. We talk about things like teamwork and collaboration and being a partner. That all requires connection. It requires that we think about what we're responsible for in that connection and how we might adjust our approach as we move forward. And it's understanding ourselves. So when I'm headed to the doctor, and I've heard Julie use this example, and it's very true with me, when I'm headed to the doctor, the first thing I think about is not my concern about the blood draws that they're going to take. It's about the weight that they're going to record, <laughs> right? And Getting on that scale. Exactly. <laughs> and so my, I get hijacked. I can feel the adrenaline in my system. I, you know, start to get agitated, even thinking about it. And really it's facing that when we're dealing with difficult conversations, when we're dealing with difficult situations, how are we triggered in our business lives and our personal life? And how do we really be, choose a behavior that's going to serve that situation well and move forward? How, and then on the other side of it, how do we recognize that with other people and make them more comfortable? So great doctor's offices do that, right? They make you comfortable taking your weight. Great wealth advisors do that. They make you comfortable doing your financial plan. Um, how do you go about doing that? How do you communicate? What language do you use? How do you approach them so that you can have those difficult conversations, have those difficult situations taking my weight, right? And get through it and move beyond it. Those are the skills that I find invaluable in business and in daily life. You know, Laura, one of the things that we've been talking about Julie and I and looking at marketing is, you know, what kind of advisors do we really want to be? And we want to be advisors for real life. And one of the 
areas that we talk about is that whatever we give to our clients, the way we treat our clients, you know, we like to think of it as a white glove service. We also want to be that to our employees as well, because we want them to feel comfortable and safe. We want them to feel that they're growing. We want them to be educated, to understand um, what we're communicating about. And, you know, this whole thing now with people working at home, it used to be that you could mentor each other by being in the office together, but we're not in the office together anymore. And it's so nice to have our clients back um, into our office. And we did so many Zoom meetings, but when you think about it, the majority of your day is spent working and connecting and communicating, having these extra set of skills is really vital and makes the whole idea of what you're doing so much better. My guest today is Laura Petrowski. And as I said earlier, she is the president of Cavendish Consulting and Vernal LLC. She's worked with Ellen Becker Investment Group and it has been just a great experience. And when we come back, I am going to ask Laura to describe to us how she works with companies, how she does the consulting and the coaching. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you'd like to know more about us, or if you would like to pass on this conversation, please go to ellenbecker.com. You can go to radio shows and click on Money Sense, and it makes it very easy for you to share. My guest today is Laura Petrowski, and she is the president of Cavendish Consulting and Vernal LLC. And as I like to say, she has worked with Julie and I for a couple of years, and it has been just an absolutely great experience. And I always love to share the things that have worked out well for me and kind of give people a heads up as to some of the services and opportunities that are out there. Laura, can you give my listeners an idea of how you work with um, business owners, how you work with the employees, and why this is so important um, to really have a buy-in from everybody. Yeah, so we do strategic business planning with the owners or top executives of organizations. And it really allows them, you mentioned before, to work on their business and have someone else ask questions and give observations about what they're doing in their business. We then extend it to work with their teams and on their leaders. And the way we do that is through uh, leadership development and executive coaching. All of it is founded in these principles we're talking about today, which is making connections. And our relationships are extremely important. They're, they are our business. And we spend an, all of our time really focused on building those and, and um, also in helping our businesses grow and be the best leaders they can be so that they can have uh, successful business enterprises. I know that when you've sat down and talked with Julie and I, and it's really a conversation. It's, it's not... I don't want to say it's not like going to school or something where <laughs> or going to a psychiatrist or right. anything like that. It's really just um, talking about 
what our goals really are, and then sort of determining, are we leading in a way to meet our goals? Exactly. And really, um, the one of the tools that I use throughout our both all of it, our strategic business planning, our executive coaching, and our leadership um, development is the use of the question. I could not possibly know your business or know your life as well as you know it. What I do have the opportunity to do is reflect the answers back to you and help you make connections, both with uh, on the people side and on the business strategy side. So uh, our background at Cavendish in uh, finance and accounting and human resources and people development help make that those connections for our clients. And we're working on that every day. What is the hurdle, the struggle that you find in working with business owners? And I, for myself, because I'm kind of one of these people who... Um, are always looking to the next thing and looking at the bigger picture. And I had to really come in, tighten up a little bit. I had to stick to appointments, making appointments and honoring those appointments because they're valuable and that they're very important. And what are the hurdles that you face with a lot of either business owners or employees who are resistant because there's always that fear of change. There's always that fear of being made to feel wrong. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times when people come in with us around their money, they're worried, do I have enough? Do I, am I gonna, you know, how do I measure up with everybody else in the world? And, and really, I always say it's individual. It is. I mean, I it's think very individual. You just mentioned something that is one of the biggest challenges and that is accountability. And so I think business owners have one of the biggest challenges, and that is to work on the business and work in the business. Um, and so their intention is to be accountable for the behaviors that they know will have the outcomes they desire. So whether that is be um, there for appointments, right? You mentioned a number of things that you had to be accountable for. And yet the impact they were having, the behaviors they're doing might not align with that. And so having an outside uh, resource really help frame that for them so that they understand. I think that's the same with leaders. It is really easy to talk about um, making changes for ourselves. It is difficult to put that into practice and to be accountable for it. And having that accountability partner, one of the things that we work through is the emotional cycle of change. And one of the statistics that they give for change is if you say you're, what you're going to do out loud to another human being and have that out there, your goal, you have 65% chance of accomplishing it. If you have an accountability partner, that goes up to somewhere north of 90%. And really that opportunity to have an accountability partner. If you have ever tried to, you know, start a start to be more physically fit and you get a trainer, that trainer is your accountability partner. If you've ever tried to, in your business, make a change, someone like me and Cavendish is your accountability partner to help you see through that change because change is hard. And one of the things you mentioned also is as part of change, we have to have really great communication because people get afraid. 
change, they consider that change to perhaps be negative or the intention to be negative. And so we need to be really thoughtful about communicating why the change, what's going to happen, how it will impact them, and what's next for them. I have a thought when you said that. Um, I still remember when we did our billboards for the first time so many years ago, and one of them that we've just now re-put up again is before we invest, we listen. Before we advise, we listen. And I remember someone saying, don't put that up there. I mean, people are going to complain if you don't listen. And I said, I surely hope so, because we're making it public and everybody knows I put it out there before we invest and we're going to listen to you. We're going to be curious. We're going to honor you. Um, one of the other ones was um, we listen to your intuition and giving people to know that we trust that your intuition is good too. And we're not going to drive home just what we believe is, is true. And I think that those are really important, important pieces. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is I've discovered, and of course, maybe it's just part of an aging process too, but I've been talking a lot about it is time is wealth. And making time for yourself was something that was really important with you to work with you, to be consistent, to honor your time, to honor my time. We always sometimes just always go to money as well, creating money, having money as well. But more than ever, I know that time is wealth and making time for yourself to really um, feel as though you're the best leader that you can possibly be. Yeah. And I really think you've hit on probably the tools that I'd recommend <clears throat> that people think of most. The first would be listening and listening with curiosity, not listening with the intention to find a solution. Simply being curious, which like in my mic example, helps both the individual you're connecting with and yourself being curious. I think the second thing is reflecting, is getting in tune with yourself and what's happening because it is your superpower to change your behavior. You simply and it's not simple, but you need to understand <laughs> what's happening within you, right? In order to yes. change the behavior. And so if you can do, if you can use those tools, we can do a better job of being more emotionally intelligent and connecting with individuals in our personal and our professional lives. My guest today is Laura Petrowski, and you can reach her at 262-864-864. 864-3252. And as you might guess, I've got her numbers. So if you do give Ellen Becker Investment a call, we can also connect you up. And is there any other way that they can reach you? They can. They can see our website at ccvernal.com. And all of our contact information is there too. Laura, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you for working with EIG and laying a path for us to... Um, continue to be successful. And, you know, we want to look at that next 25 years. And, uh, and it's also it is very exciting. And I just want to say that, um, as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well being. And remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank bye bye. You.